Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Why don't you open the word of God with me? We're going to look into the New Testament, uh, into one of the epistles that the Apostle Paul uh, penned, and uh, going to be in Galatians. We're act- our key scripture is going to be Galatians chapter 6, uh, but we'll, we'll start out in Galatians 1 here in just a second. But I don't know about you, but have you ever played the comparison game? You know, most of us have done that, especially, you know, as we were kids. You know, when you, maybe when you were growing up as a kid, you, you kind of thought, hey, uh, Billy Bob over here, he can, he can pedal his car faster than me. And so you're kind of jealous of him, or, you know, and, and so you're all worried about that. But maybe if you were a guy, you, you thought, oh, Barbara Sue, oh, she had the beautiful hair and I wish I had that. And uh, don't worry, I, well, I wish I had hair. But anyhow, other than that, uh, you know, so we all, we all think about those kind of things. And, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, as kids, it's easy to compare. But the funny thing is, for us, even, even as we get older, we, we still tend to do it. We're just a, a little more clandestine in the way we do that. We're a little, uh, you know, we're a little more careful. And uh, just the reality of where we're at as humans. And, it, and it's just, uh, when we do this... Uh, we're just that, we're sly, we're crafty at times how we do it. We're kind of like a spy who comes from another country and uh, they come into the place and they, they speak the language, they, maybe they look kind of like the people and so they, uh, they, even, they even pick up the accent, right? They, they do it all really good. They eat the food and, and, and they act like they like it, right? And so there they are. Then before you know it, they, they sneak into the system and they, they get some kind of information and and they're, they're like a stealth bomber. You know those stealth bombers, they fly high and nobody hears them, they don't see them. And then they come in and they make their hit. And so the, the crazy thing is, is that we're kind of like this at times too. But it's, it's not necessarily, maybe other people don't notice it. And sometimes we don't notice it ourselves. And we have to step back and pay attention. And that's why it's so important to open up the word of God and allow the word of God to speak into our lives. And so we're going to be, uh, we're going to look at it here in the book of Galatians, but it's here we find that the Apostle Paul, he, he's, getting, uh, he's getting ready to wrap up a letter that he wrote to a group of followers of Jesus in Galatia. And so before we get to chapter 6, let's start out and look at a couple verses here in Galatians 1, uh, verses 6 to 7. So the, uh, the fact is, is they had faced some people who had brought a false gospel message. And we know gospel means good news, right? That's what it's about. It's the good news message. It's the good news of God, good news of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us in our lives. And, and so here we go in, in verse 6, it says this. It's, he says, Paul says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. He's like, what's happened? And so, which is clearly no gospel at all. It's not really good news, he's saying. But, but evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. So we, we see here that they had faced some confusion, some people from, probably from the outside is what happened, uh, induced 
uh, some, some information into the body of Christ. It was just off base. It wasn't right. It sounded right, but it wasn't quite right. And you know, it's, it's bad enough when we face confusion brought in from the outside, but sometimes it even happens within uh, not only in a body, but even in our inside of us as individuals as well. And we, we need to be aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And uh, we need to see what the Apostle Paul is saying because the Holy Spirit speaking through him. And, and we'll see this here in Galatians chapter 6. Why don't you look with me in Galatians 6 verse 1. And he says, brothers and sisters, is someone, uh, is someone... If someone, I'm going to speak English yet. Uh, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. He, he, there's a lot of stuff he's saying here, right? And, and so then the verse, verse 4 says, Each one should test their own actions when they, when they can take, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load or their own burden. So, this morning we want to look at this and kind of break it down a little bit and look at these verses. Uh, let's consider uh, a, a little more uh, context of what the Apostle Paul is writing to this morning as he's there in Galatians. Uh, and here in the previous final verses of chapter 5, and if you remember chapter 5 at all, if you know it, he talks about uh, the flesh, the works of the flesh, and then he also talks about the fruit of the Spirit and, and living by the Spirit. And uh, what, but what does it uh, mean to live a life that's characterized by the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all of those things? What, what, is, it, what is it about? Well, uh, you know, we need those virtues in our lives. And to those who want a, a, a mystical experience, uh, it comes as a shock to find out that Paul returns to the most down-to-earth subjects. It's really what he does. He's like, okay, guys, you want this out-of-the-world experience, and that's fine. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but then he's like, on the other side of that, there's a, there's a couple things, some down-to-earth subjects, and he deals with two subjects. We're going to look at one of those today. And the first one is personal relationships. That's verses 1 to 5. The second set is from 6 to 10, and verses 6 to 10, and he's talking about, uh, about uh, uh, financial, financial things as well. So we see these two areas, that, or the use of money. So Paul ends up measuring our spirituality by action in these areas, which is quite interesting to me. But it's easy to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, but do very little about it, so we need to learn, uh, learn that it's in these situations rather than in emo on emotional highs that the reality of the Holy Spirit in our lives is demonstrated. Yes, we have those powerful times and we feel like the Lord has engaged us in a powerful way. Those are important times. We all need that. But on the other side as well, we have to hit the ground running, right? We have to be able to walk a straight line when we hit the ground and we have to live out our faith. 
We want to experience God. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it with David, the experience that he had with the Lord, the songs that he wrote, and the powerful songs that he wrote. We, the book of Psalms, so many of his songs are in there. And we see even some of the powerful songs in the New Testament. A lot of times you don't think of songs in the New Testament, but there are a lot of them. And we find that even the Magnificent of Mary, right? That was a song where she, uh, uh, the proclamation there, and some of the prophets in the New Testament, you find them there, wonderful things. We want to experience God. We find those things in the, the those things that whether New or Old Testament is important, but but there comes a time when we have to hit the ground and we have to allow the fruit of the Spirit to work in our life. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to help us. Uh, yes, we want to experience, but experiencing the Lord in worship is key for us. That's why we have this time. And not only is worship the time where we sing to the Lord, but worship is the time when we hear the word. Worship is the time when we're engaging one another and we're engaging the Lord in prayer. Those are key, those are key things for us as followers of Jesus because it's in those times that we are transformed, that we are changed. I don't know about you, but I want to be changed. I don't want to stay the same that I was yesterday. You say, well, yeah, but you're a preacher. Yeah, and I don't want to stay the same that I was yesterday. Because I want to grow in my walk. I want to grow in my faith because I need him. So let's look at what the apostle Paul says here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. You're going to see these scriptures a few times. But he says, brothers and sisters... Uh, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. So, so uh, what do you do here in this? What, what do you do with this? So, someone is trapped in a sin. They've messed up. They've been controlled by it. They've been ruled by it. And uh, do you overlook the sin? Well, no, that's really not the thing to do. Uh, uh, does love mean you should just refuse to face the facts? Well, that's not it either. Uh, and so, or should you just expose the sin openly and gain for yourself the reputation that you are superiorly? Oh, boy, I didn't do good on that word. That you are really holy. Uh, we'll just say it that way. Uh, like the holier than, than thou syndrome, you know. But that's that's not the way we need to act either. Paul shows us these. Uh, that a spirit-led person should not act uh, out in any of these ways. It's not an easy call. Uh, and so say you have a, have a friend who follows Jesus and they messed up, they chose another path, and, and uh, they, they really mess up, and they go, they go out and get hammered, and, and, and things go haywire. It just, it's not right, right? It, we know that from Scripture. And Paul is carefully guiding the church in Galatia, and subsequently, he is guiding us as well, right? He guides us as well. And in fact, he gives us several things we need to consider how to handle the situation. And you, you need to remember these are some of the some of the details here, but but reality, uh, we have to. We really need to focus on. Do we dare to compare ourselves? Do we dare to compare ourselves with other people? Well, that's where the danger comes in, right? When we start doing that, uh, because then we're trying to. We can look at this in a couple ways, and we will. Uh, but but when we compare ourselves with others, it clouds our vision. 
It clouds our vision. Then it's hard to see properly. We don't, we, we don't see ourselves like we should. It's, it's kind of like the old mirrors they used to have in the Bible times when they were bronze, right? And they would, they would burnish that bronze. They would brighten it up as bright as they could get it. And so they could see themselves in the mirror, right? But they couldn't see all that well in a shiny piece of brass. But now in our days, we can see when you put up a mirror, you can see yourself a lot better, right? Technology. But sometimes it doesn't matter how much technology we have, we can even use that to mask our own hearts and those kind of things as well. So first, Paul shows us uh, what should be done. He, he says, Follow believer, our fellow believers are to restore the person who fell into sin. They messed up. Uh, and, uh, and the verb to restore, it's katazero. Zero. Um, I said it wrong. But anyhow, it's, it's a medical term. But they used in the Greek, and it means uh, to uh, it, it means to uh, set a bone or, or to set it right. So, uh, so what is broken in the life of a fallen believer needs to be set straight. And that's what Paul, the Apostle Paul is using here. He's trying to set the thing straight to help them out. It's it's not to be neglected or exposed openly. But, but what are we saying here? We want to help each other when we trip and fall because people trip and fall, right? Just the way it is. We, we need to be able to get up and, and, set, and uh, uh, set the bone so that they can go on and keep moving on, right? So when I was in high school, you've heard the story a million times probably from me, but when I, I was playing football and, and I broke my arm, I broke both bones in my right arm and right, right close to the growth plate, uh, and uh, they, they weren't sure if it was going to grow and all that, but it did, and it was fine. And, and so uh, I remember when, when it happened, it, it hurt bad. It hurt as bad as it looked. And I think the coach who had been around for a long guy, he was a long time. He was a big guy, and he he looked at that. I think even his eyes got big. And uh, but but then they asked him to go uh, and get the air splint because they had an air splint. And so he ha this big guy had to run all the way from the field, all the way to the high school, which I don't know how many yards it was, but it was a long way. And I'm laying on the ground like, oh no, this is not good. And, but anyway, here I am, it's broke, I get to the doctor, they take me to the doctor, the hospital, and the doctor looks at the thing, and then, then he, gets, he gets both of his hands, and he puts his hands here with his thumbs, and he like puts pressure on to see if it's going to pop back in, right? Well, it didn't, and I think he saw the look on my face, and I don't know if I groaned or what it is, but anyhow, so he stopped. He, he stopped, he was going to be kind to me, right? I didn't feel like he was kind at the time, but anyway... He was trying to take a more careful route. So what did he do? They put me to sleep. They took care of business. I didn't know what happened at that point. And, and uh, he had to set straight what was broken. And this really illustrates uh, what that we need to be restored or we need to restore with some grace and some care because we are all human and we all need the grace of God in our lives. And we all need care in our lives. There's not a human that doesn't. We all need that. And the second thing that Paul says here about res restoration uh, is uh, it must be done by those who are spiritual. Now, the word uh, spiritual comes from a Greek word, pneumatakos. Uh, and it, it, mean, it, it cuts, it, this, this word, is, it cuts two ways. It's like that double-edged sword, right? 
So on one hand, it's related to Paul's use of spiritual at the end of chapter 5 here in Galatians, where he talks about uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit and such, and about people being spiritual. Uh, he, uh, it's where he would say, do you consider yourself to be spiritual instead of essential or a, or a carnal believer? Well, here, here's a way you can test it. So that's kind of what he's saying. He gets to this point. Here's a way you can test it. If you can help restore other people. And restoring a following believer is something spiritual Christians do. On the other side of this, only those who are genuinely led of the Spirit have the maturity to deal with a sin, with sin of others. Every follower of Jesus should want to be mature. We all should want to mature or grow in our faith, to be stronger in our faith. We want to grow in it, uh, and this, this is where we come into uh, uh, the next part of this, because there's another, uh, there's an, uh, uh, if another person misses the mark, as we all can, right? It's possible for all of us. We need to be careful how we relate to, to them and help them. We want to encourage each person. The third thing here that Paul is saying in this, this part of this passage is uh, that you should set the bone, the broken bone, gently. You should set it gently, right? Uh, and, he, and he uses the same word gentle that he used from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? So we all need the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives. And being gentle is something that's important for us. And you may say, well, that's not me. I'm not a gentle person. <laughs> okay. Sounds like you have a place to grow, right? Uh, as we all have to grow in each one of those fruit, because we're not perfect. We're growing. Day, day by day, we're growing. And, and so uh, that gentleness needs to be there. Restore them gently with the awareness that nobody, no matter how spiritual, will have immunity from temptation. That's important. Very important. And look at what he says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 there. Uh, he says, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. And really, that's the, that's the warning that the Apostle Paul gives in this setting. And we need to view ourselves in, with the right perspective. We need to treat each other gently. Uh, and we need to respect them. And sometimes we may say in our, in our minds, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, there's a lot of things we don't want to do in life, right? But we learn and we grow. And right, that's where maturity comes in. We, we have to grow in that. And so we need to view ourselves right. And yes, it's, it's our mission says love God, love people, inspire hope. It's for a reason, right? First, we love God. That's the greatest commandment. And then we love others as ourselves, right? And there's something else as we understand what the scripture gives us. We've given, been given the great commission. So we need to be able to share hope with other people around us. Because there is not a person in this world that doesn't need hope. Not a person. We all need the hope that Jesus brings. We all need it. We need it more than anything that we could ever have. We need that hope that Jesus gave to us. So we want to keep ourselves in check to help the other person gently. It's kind of like when the doctor checked my arm, right? 
he, he checks my arm. He, he sees, uh, he, he seemed to want to try, try to restore my bones to the right position. That's kind of what he was looking at. But when it, it started causing me duress, he backed off. He backed off because he knew that that wasn't going to be the, the thing uh, showing care. He was careful on what he did at that point. And, and he wanted to reset me gently. I was, also, I was still in my uniform. I may have been an unsaved punk kid as I was. And, uh, and I was in my football uniform. And I, prob I was still ready to fight, right? And now I was hurt. So what do you do when, you, when you're hurt? You really fight, right? Isn't that a reality? When people are hurting, what do they do? They fight. They fight. It comes out in different ways. But they fight when they're hurting. And so what, what did he do? He says, okay, we're going to knock this fellow out in a kind way. <laughs> and he did that. Now let's look back at Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, and where the Holy Spirit tells us this through the Apostle Paul. He says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So what, what, do we have, what do we have going here at this point in this, at this time? People use this uh, scripture in many different ways, not always in an inaccurate way. Uh, but, but let's look at it. This is a, 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 a second practical example of spiritually bearing one another's burdens. And so for uh, four times in the book of Galatians here, as he writes the church, he uses this word bearing. Uh, it's bastizo. Uh, at bastizo. And here bearing is to help another believer uh, when temptations oppress him or life depresses him. So we're there not only when a person maybe trips and falls, but maybe they're discouraged and times are, are tough for them. And so we want to encourage each other. And, and Paul goes right back to this thought of love. He takes it right back to this place because love is an important thing for each and every person. Love is important for God himself, right? We want to encourage each other. And the next two verses... That's verses 3 and 4. Really here is where we want to camp just a hair bit. I want to camp here just a little bit because it's here where you may end up uh, keeping yourself from encouraging others and helping them grow in faith like we should. And, and, and there's some things that happen in our lives. So look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 3 here. And the apostle tells us this, If anyone thinks they are something... Then they are, uh, when they are not, they deceive themselves. You, you have to uh, prevent this self-deception. That self-deception can happen for anybody at any time at any place. And it's, uh, it's like what I, what I had said in the beginning. We're kind of like the spy who comes from another country who looks like the people there. They, they spy on, they pick up the language, they interact with them, they can, they can engage them. And finally, as they're there, uh, then they pick up information that they're not supposed to have. And, and so we have to make sure that, that uh, we, do not, we don't do that ourselves, that we, don't keep, that we keep the proper view of ourselves, that we don't become like that spy clandestine, so to speak, in our lives and kind of trick ourselves into thinking, oh, it's all good. See the smile on my face. It's all good. 
No, we have to be honest, right? We have to be honest first with ourselves and with God. We have to be. So there's two mistakes that can keep us from fulfilling this role of helping others. And you say, well, that's, yeah, that's a pastoral thing, right? No, that's, that's a believer's thing. It doesn't matter who we are, each and every one of us. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. Yeah, we, we are. That's, that's the facts. And so, uh, so the, the, the first uh, here, the t- first mistake is conceit. And when you think about what is conceit, but it's pride or even a little bit of vanity, any of those things can come in. But, uh, but, but you may say, well, that's not me. I'm a humble Kansan. Well, that troubles me. <laughs> because sometimes people get that kind of a view. may not say that they're a Kansan or whatever, but, but they get this kind of view. And we have to be careful that we don't run down that path because uh, it can be part of anyone. Con- uh, conceit can. Conceit. Uh, can be a problem. I, I think we, uh, we think deep inside that we are more important that, than, other, than another person is what happens. And the implication is that if we neglect to hear, uh, bear another's, another believer's burdens or refuse to bear them, it's because we think that we're above that. Or we, make, we may think we're above them. And, and it goes, it can be any person... And then we would call that self-deception. So Paul's statement uh, has more force in the Greek than it does in English here. Uh, where he says, Think, uh, uh, thinks, that word, if anyone thinks they are. right? Thinks contrasts uh, sharply with the word are. And then, and then you have, if anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. So it says, then a something contrasts with are not. Uh, again, he says, if anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. We, we all have known someone like that, right? We've all known, don't point to your neighbor. Uh, and please don't point to a spouse, my goodness. And so we, we all have known, but sometimes uh, the reality is they're, they're thinking maybe a little bit higher than, of themselves than what they should. Anybody can make that mistake. Probably, probably 100% of all people probably make that mistake at one point in time. That's just a reality. And so it's, it's kind of like the man who brags about walking a tightrope. He, he brags about walking the tightrope, and there is an audience there. There's people there, right? And so he has the balance pull. This guy's going to do it right. He gets on the line, right? He gets on the line. He has the balance pull there. I'm sorry, I don't have a balance pull. But anyhow, and he's walking the line. He goes along, and the crowd is quiet, and he can't figure it out. Well, why are they quiet? He's like, they should be applauding me. Look at what I'm doing here. I'm walking the tightrope. And then it comes to him. I should look down. And he looks down and he realizes he's 12 inches off of the ground. <laughs> right? He's 12 inches off the ground. See, see uh, what a feat, by the way. Now, really, it would be. I mean, <laughs> it's just that when they do it up in the air, we think it's more, more amazing, Right? But we need to be able to keep the right perspective of ourselves. It's just a reality. Look, look at what he says in Galatians chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 here. He says, each one should test their own actions. Uh, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. 
So everybody should take care of their own burden. So the, the second mistake that uh, might keep us from uh, bearing the burdens of another believer is to be, uh, is to be always uh, comparing ourselves and our, our work with others. Do we dare to compare? Do we dare to compare? I, I don't think so because we all started at a different place. You started at a different place and I started. And somebody over here started at a different place and somebody over there started. We all come from a different situation, and so it's just really not even fair to compare. And this, this can, it can be harmful in a couple ways. It can be harmful in a positive sense, and we'll look at that. And then it can be harmful in a negative sense. So we'll see that here. Uh, the, the first way, we, in the positive sense, we can say this in our hearts, right? We can say, say this thing, I'm doing better than they are. Really, is that so? Is that, is that so? And, and that's, that, that actually, that's the very conceit that Paul has just warned against. But then on the negative side, and we have to be careful on this side as well, because this can really be sneaky, especially because we're humble Kansans. Not all of us here, right? But so, some of us, some of you have moved from other states, but uh, we bless you guys that come from Arkansas. We bless you. Uh, we will bless you. Got part of the Kansas there, right? <laughs> I better be careful. Okay, the next part of that is the negative sense. We may say, I'm unable to do anything. Everyone else is much better. That's the flip side of it. So you have the positive side, and then you have the negative side, although they both can be a mistake. So I, I am unable to do anything. Everyone else is much better. So Paul really counters both of these. He's saying that each believer has a task from the Lord and is responsible to the Lord for doing it. That just kind of reminds us, God gives each and every one of us something, right? And we have that. It doesn't matter. Every day we, we live out our life. Number one, it's to worship God, right, and to engage Him, but also to engage others, and so we understand that he gives us something to do and we need to be responsible for the task he gives. So to use others as a tape measure for your life is really a way of escape. So sometimes we can pull out the tape measure, right? And we put that tape measure down and we say, well, this person here, wow, they're like, they're like seven feet wide. They are just skilled, and they just, they just, they just know what they're doing, and, and there is no way I'm comparable to that. Well, maybe not, because maybe that's not the giftings God has given to you. So you really, you really can't use that tape measure at that point. It's bogus, right? It really is at that point, because God gives, gives something to each of, each of us, and it's different for each of us. So we can't see ourselves better than somebody else in that sense. So, so when you have your eyes on God rather than on other believers, you are more likely to meet the Lord's expectations for you. I don't know if I can say that one enough, to be real honest with you. When we keep our focus on Jesus... When we keep our focus on the Lord and we allow God to give us that direction in our life and allow him to provide the rule for us to live in faith and practice, then we're going to be okay because men and women, 
boys and girls, doesn't matter who, they're going to mess up, they're going to make mistakes, but God will not make mistakes. And we need to be able to follow him and allow him to speak into our lives and to work in our lives. Keep your eyes focused on him. Really, it's uh, comparing, comparing yourself to another person is kind of like comparing apples to oranges. And if you think about that, you know, that's, that's just an easy, uh, an easy illustration, right? But if you think about apples, I like them both. They're great. But, but if you take an apple... That thing is red on the outside usually, right? Sometimes it's green. Different. But, but then you have an orange. And that thing's usually orange on the outside unless it's one of these trumped up GMO ones that they make it red like we had the other day, which is kind of weird. But anyhow, uh, so, so standard is the red and the orange, right? But then if you open up the apple, what do you have inside? It's usually a fairly hard uh, a white pulp kind of. I think that's the color. And then, then you have an orange, and you open that thing up, and it's kind of squishy. And you can get a lot of juice out of that thing. And, and, uh, but it's soft. They're, they're both so different. But so many times we try to compare ourselves with others, and it's like we're comparing apples to oranges. It just doesn't pan out in God's view. It just doesn't. It can't. So God's given, given each of us different gifts and talents, and sometimes... Our greatest talents are our greatest areas of weakness. And that's why we need to be aware of those things, because you probably have some great talents. I know. I know many of you have some wonderful talents out there and some wonderful skills that God has given you and you have learned and you've built up as well. And so that, those are wonderful things. They're important. And we understand that. But it's different for each one of us. Some of our greatest talents are our greatest areas of weakness, too. So those can, can be a challenge for people. When we compare ourselves with others, it's an internal argument that no one can win. It really is. It's, a, it's that argument inside of our brain, inside of our heart, and really nobody's going to win it. You know, it's kind of like the straw man argument, right? You, you put the straw man up and you knock the guy down, right? Because it's so easy. And, and that's the way it is for us. And we can say, well, I can never be like that. You can say, there's no way, God, that you can use me like that. But you know that God has put something in your heart. You just have to be willing to allow him to mature you, willing to allow him to grow you, willing to allow him to help you so that you can get to the place where he wants you, not where that other person is. Don't compare yourself to them. It's just, it's just, it's not valuable. It's actually like, it's like you're, you're, you're trying to drive your car and all you're doing is sitting there spinning your tires. Oh yeah, when you're about 15, it's pretty cool to see all the smoke, but that, that's all it is, right? And all you're doing is burning up all the fuel that costs what? 350 a gallon or whatever it is. And so you're going nowhere. You're not accomplishing anything. But sometimes that's what we do in our life and we just sit there spinning our tires because we want to say, I'm like this person or I want to be like this person. But the fact is we need to allow God to help us. And we need to be the person that God is making us to be. So you need to keep your eyes focused on the Lord and what he wants for you. It's then he can produce in you the successful life that he has designed for you personally. Don't expect your life to be like Tom's life or Sarah's life. Let, God's, uh, let, let God cause you to grow into who he has designed you to be. Besides, you wouldn't really be comfortable living someone else's life anyway. 
It just wouldn't. It just wouldn't happen. It'd be like wearing somebody else's jeans that are two sizes bigger than yours. We won't go any further on that one. So do, do you really want to dare to compare yourself? I don't think you do, really. But, but so many of us internally are tempted to do so and don't even notice it when we do it. We have to be careful. Now let's look at our final verse here. It's verse 5, Galatians 6, 5, and he says this again. He says, for each one should carry their own load. Or burden, right? Carry their own load or burden. In other words, the responsibility of a follower of Jesus is to carry his or her own load. There, there's, no, there's no contradiction between this and verse 2. Uh, it kind of looks like the way King James lays it out. Uh, it seems to suggest that, but that's not what it's doing. There's, it's, two Greek, it's two different Greek words for, uh, uh, for bearing that or, or for loads there. Uh, and uh, and how what are we what we're carrying? So the, the word in verse two uh, is bare, which means heavy burdens, and those are more than what a person's going to carry. And the word in verse five is uh, foraton, which is a common word used for a man's pack. So a pack that a, one person would, would hold. Each, each believer has their own work to do. Each and every one of us have our own work to do. So let him, them take pride in how he does it. So at first Paul talks about helping others when they miss the mark or they may be discouraged. And so we need to be able to come alongside them and lift them up to help them. Each of us have that responsibility, each and every one of us. doesn't matter who we are, tall or short, doesn't matter. But, but Paul now reminds us that we are still responsible to carry our own load and our own service or our own ministry. So there are some loads we carry by ourselves, and there are other heavy loads which it takes a team. And that's just the reality. So you have two sides of that, right? You have those uh, smaller loads that we can take as individuals, and we're required to take, right? The Lord says, hey, I need you to do this. And so we need to be able to step up to the plate and do that. But then there's other loads that are so heavy that really if one person tries to do it, they're going to be hurting, going to hurt their back or something. So we've got to partner together, and we've got to be able to serve together and then move those things together. See, there are, there are times people say, why isn't anyone doing this for me? Have you ever had that question? Why isn't somebody doing this for me? Well, it may be that everyone but that person realizes it's a load that they should be carrying for themselves. That happens at times, right? Uh, they need to be able to get up off their easy chair, pick up, pick up the broom and sweep, right? We need to be able to carry our own load. But there are other times when the load is so heavy they can't carry it alone. Sure, those times happen. Sometimes that because of whatever has happened in their life, they can't quite sweep anymore. And they need somebody to help them for that period of time. And if that's the case, don't suffer in silence. Don't suffer in silence. Reach out to a friend or make a new friend, especially reach out to Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he does care for each and every one of us. It does not matter who we are. He cares for us. 
Some decide when, when, the, when the load is overbearing, they don't want to reach out and ask for prayer or for help. They don't do that. They, they don't want to do that. And when your load is heavy, reach out. Do that. That's why we do it, right? We all have heavy loads at times, and we reach out for help. It's, it's the norm. That's what we should be doing. I, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, those semi-trucks when they, when they haul windmills down the highway or not. But uh, there's an interesting thing about them. They have this huge, either part of a propeller uh, or some stand or something like this, and they are just huge. You know, I used to work on 18-wheelers, but that was before they had all those. And, and those uh, years ago, they have so many axles on those trucks, one truck pulling it. But you know, it's not that one driver and truck. They've got a pilot car in front, and they also have somebody in back. And I watched them one time, and, and, and I was coming to a four-way stop. I watched them actually come around the corner with that thing. I don't know how long the thing is, maybe 100 feet long or something like that. It's ridiculously long. And I'm like, how in the world are they going to do this? Well, they had, they had guys at all the places uh, at, at the four-way four -way stop. And so it looked like they were going to have to take signs out of the ground and all this kind of stuff uh, to be able to make it work, right? That's the way it is at times. Sometimes the load is so big that it takes many different people to make things work. That's just part of living. But for most people, when you carry a notebook from the table to your couch, you can get it, Right? It's just the way it is for us. Most of us, we can do that. Let's wrap this up this morning, though. We tend to like to compare to make ourselves feel, feel better about who we are. Little did we realize how we're stunting our own growth. We have to keep in mind that the gifts and abilities God gives us, we are responsible for. We aren't responsible for someone else's abilities. I, I'm not responsible for Jerry's abilities, and I'm not responsible for Jody's abilities, and I'm not responsible for Tiffany's abilities. I'm not responsible for Art. I'm not responsible for, for Dan's abilities. I know it, Dan. It's true. No, I'm not. And so I'm just saying, what? We're all responsible for our abilities, right? doesn't mean we don't encourage one another because sometimes the load gets a little tough and we have to be prepared and ready to help one another. Don't let comparison, uh, the comparison rule you. It will only tear you down. But on the other side, be willing to encourage and help those who have struggled as they have walked down their journey of faith. Just make sure that you help them while you're well aware it could have been you who fell along the road like they fell. As Paul says, Paul says it, and I like this, in verse 10. It's, it's one of those later verses here in this same chapter. And Paul says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, not some people, all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Please don't let the comparison game rule you. 
please don't look at Billy Joe and Bobby Sue and say, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, look at you. What did you do? Well, <laughs> except for the grace of God, you could have been in the same place, right? Let's keep our hearts open to what God has for us as individuals in our lives. And if we've messed up, we've messed up. We give it into the hands of Jesus and we make it right with him. We ask him for forgiveness and we allow him to bring that grace into our lives that he so generously offers to us who believe. We just have to be willing to say, God, I'm laying it all down. I'm putting it all at your feet because you see me for who I am. You know the inside and the outside. You know everything about me and I'm giving it into your hands. We lay it into his hands and then he can work in our lives and keep that work going that he started in us, right? He started a work in you. Let him finish that work. Let him do it. Don't, don't try to measure up with somebody else because it's always gonna mess you up. Keep focused on him. Keep fo focused on the author and the finisher of our faith because we know he won't mess up. People, they mess up, right? They mess up. But God does not mess up, and He loves us. He loved you so much, He gave His Son on the cross so that we could be forgiven and have new life in Him. Father, I pray this morning that you would help each and every one of us in this place not to run down the road of comparison, to not run down this road and allow ourselves to be squelched or, or hindered by our own thought patterns and our own lives and our own interaction with others, but help us to be able to look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. I pray for each person under the sound of my voice, Lord, that you would help them. For those who have had loss in their life, for those that have had pain in their life, and it may be somebody else that has done that, but I pray that you would bring healing and help them to understand that they don't have to compare themselves anymore, that they can continue to look to you and allow you to work in them. Father, bring healing, bring hope and restoration to them. Father, your plan is for good in our lives. We depend on you, Lord, and we celebrate your kindness that has led us to repentance. Father, we need you. We look to you, Lord, and we say, God, do your work in us. Do your work in us, Father God. As broken as we may be at times, do your work in us, Jesus, because we know you care because we know you care. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friends.